You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you're a 415er, you're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415, hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another edition of the 415ers podcast. As always, on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. Coming at you twice a week here in the offseason, in the thick of the offseason, before <laughs> the beginning of those kind of mandatory, but not really mandatory camps that the 49ers start on Monday. A lot to get to as far as the quarterbacks, the upcoming NFL draft next Thursday, as well as maybe some talk about the future. But before we dig into all that, Mark Randy, Evan Giddings with you as always. Mark, my man, how are you? I'm doing well. We're what? Uh, We record this Wednesday evening. Uh, You're probably listening to it Thursday. So if you're listening to it Thursday, a week away from the NFL draft, we're finally getting there. It's wild. It doesn't even feel like it's been that long. Uh, since the Niners last played a football game, but it, it has been quite a while. I'm looking forward to the NFL draft. I'm excited to get some draft talk in today. There's just been too much quarterback drama to dive into it a ton. Well, I guess what we have some more quarterback drama to get to. Sure. Uh, but overall, overall, I'm doing well, Evan. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Also want to give a shout out to everyone who is towards the end of Ramadan. That's mm. that comes up as everyone is listening on Thursday. Uh, I apologize, but I just had a, a, a bowl full of uh, ham soup. So apologize <laughs> to those that uh, eat pork and uh, I do love me some swine. But of course, everyone uh, here that listens to the 415ers podcast, we are inclusive. We are loving and we appreciate you tuning in. I'm doing pretty well, Mark. And I think that Look, this week has been interesting for those Bay Area sports fans, of course, in the thick of the NBA playoffs. Um, Things are not looking great for the Warriors. For those who follow baseball, things have not looked great for the San Francisco Giants to start their season. And uh, right now, things are not looking good if you're a San Francisco 49ers fan for Trey Lance because every single piece of news or rumor that has been floated over the past month or month and a half, honestly – has signaled towards some sort of movement or some sort of disbelief in this guy. And that continues this week, Mark, because as we're recording on Wednesday, there was a report from Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, basically confirming what he had originally, I think, alluded to a little while ago at the scouting combine, which was the 49ers and the Vikings may or may not have been talking about trading Trey Lance and trying to make a deal. But in fact, that was essentially confirmed today. And uh, from what I was reading, essentially the 49ers fielding calls on Trey Lance in Indianapolis was about the worst kept secret at the NFL combine. And so I'll, I'll, I'll just throw it to you, Mark. I mean, the 49ers are, are taking calls on this guy. I, I don't know if it comes as a shock, uh, but how did you see it? Yeah. Um, I'm not surprised again. Uh, we've been talking about this a lot. I think it's an absolute mistake, and it would be a terrible move for the 49ers to pull the trigger on Trey Lance. But it just seems like they are okay with doing it. You mentioned, you know, the worst kept secret at the scouting combine. John Lynch literally answered a question about a potential, you know, package in return, compensation for a Trey Lance trade. Like that happened. That was an actual question and an actual answer. 
Now, again, yeah, literally every player, no matter how good, how accomplished, they have a price. I mean, at some point, everyone has a price. And, and Trey Lance is very, you know, not accomplished. He's done absolutely nothing in the NFL. So there's, a, of course, a price there. But the fact that the 49ers are openly talking about that over a month ago now, I think means something. And now you get this report um, from multiple respected media members. Uh, Ian Rappaport is talking about it on NFL Network on Wednesday morning. Um, you also have, I think an important caveat is the 49ers are not the ones making the calls themselves. It's other teams calling the 49ers, which, okay, the Niners aren't being incredibly aggressive in shopping Trey Lance, but they're still shopping Trey Lance. They're taking calls. They're negotiating. They're trying to get the best price back on it. Um, so when I woke up to, to this news, when I logged on to Twitter for the first time, I was not surprised, Evan. I'm, I'm not sure how you feel. I'm not surprised the Niners are doing this. I'm firmly in the camp that they shouldn't be doing it, but I'm not surprised given everything that we've heard over the last couple of months. No, again, I do not think Trey Lance will be traded. I personally would not trade Trey Lance. I agree with you on that part. However... If you're the 49ers, based on their body language, this doesn't come as a surprise because yes. nothing about their comments, the way that either they've used Trey Lance or they've spoken about Trey Lance since Brock Purdy has entered the fold would tell you that their confidence is sky high in this guy. And so the next logical step would be another team doing its due diligence. And according to Ian Rappaport and Mike Flory and other sources around the NFL, several teams have inquired about Trey Lance's services and the 49ers, I guess you could say it would be negligent not to pick up the phone and at least ask. Now the question is, could the price of Trey Lance actually drive him out of town? And that's where I have a hard time believing that he will get traded because I don't see Trey Lance's value as particularly high right now. And I don't think the 49ers would be willing to move off of him for beans. And right now, that's probably the best that you're going to get. And when I mean beans, I mean a late round pick. I mean, maybe some cash, you know, a throwaway player. Nothing of value that is going to make the 49ers who selected this guy third overall a few years ago want to move off of him. So I still contend that I don't think he's going anywhere, but that doesn't mean that the 49ers should not at least hear people out. And again, like you mentioned, they're not the ones making the calls but I understand why they're taking them. I do think I, 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 it was an important part of that report to get that out. The Niners weren't the ones making the calls. This doesn't mean that they aren't making calls. It just means that this current report says that they're not. They still very well could be. The, the reality of the situation is we don't know. Um, if they are actively making calls and actively shopping Trey Lance, um, which if they believe trading him is the right thing to do, then they probably are because as you and I both agree, this is the one thing that we do agree on in this regard. If they do trade him, Evan, it'll likely be before or during the draft. Like it's, it's not going to be after the draft. So they're almost, I mean, running out of time. Of course, there's a week left. There's, there's still plenty of things that happen, and there's so much business that happens on draft day itself. A lot of times you kind of need that deadline to push things forward. But if the 49ers have decided, okay, we're going to trade Trey Lance, it's not working here, 
We just got to cut bait and move on. We're happy with Brock Purdy, despite the fact that he's coming off of a major elbow injury. We got to move on. Time is of the essence for the 49ers. So, Evan, I would not be shocked personally if the 49ers are actually making some calls themselves as well. Or in the coming days, it gets to a point where they say, hey, we got to push this thing along and we got to try to go out and be the aggressors in this potential trade market or search. Maybe it's not happening yet, but I would not be surprised if it doesn't happen or if I wouldn't be surprised if it does happen at some point soon. Well, then let's let's kind of discuss the, the next step of this, Mark, because if the trade does go through, I think you and I both agree that the draft would be the best time to do it because yep. then you have a chance to select whoever's going to be the third quarterback or at least set yourself up in this offseason to maybe sign who's ever going to be that that third quarterback for you. The Vikings are the name that has been thrown around since the combine. I'm curious if you think that any other team and a couple of them come to my mind, would want Trey Lance at this point. I mean, the Tennessee Titans have been linked to Trey Lance, been around Carthan and his relationship with Lance, and of course the 49ers. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if the Houston Texans have an interest. There's been some reports about them maybe not wanting to draft a quarterback, and so D'Amico Ryans, who's now over there, could potentially you know, sort of buck that top draft pick trend and try and make a trade for Trey Lance, that top draft pick wouldn't be going to San Francisco. <laughs> but I'm curious where you think that Trey Lance could potentially land, in my opinion, if the Niners are dumb enough to move. I think there's a, a specific team profile that you have to consider, and I'm not sure the Vikings fit it. I think the Vikings are still in a spot, Evan. I know that they have some questions this offseason. I mean, I know Dalvin Cook, we don't know where he's going to end up. Um, And they have some other, you know, guys or you're not really sure if they're going to be back or not. I think generally speaking, the teams that want to acquire Trey Lance are teams that aren't quite ready to compete legitimately yet. Um, The Titans are kind of in that mold, but I, I would say more like the Texans. I think you're spot on with the Texans there. They have the number two overall pick. Um, They are still very young. They have some nice pieces. They have a rookie head coach, as you mentioned, who has connections, of course, to Trey Lance. I think that's the dream spot, not necessarily for Trey Lance, but for the Texans, that would be perfect. Of course, if they fall in love or if they have fallen in love with a, with a quarterback in this draft process, Maybe, you know, they're predisposed to not try to acquire Trey Lance. But if they still think Trey Lance can be something and they can use that second overall pick to either move back and have a a quarterback needy team, give them a surplus of picks to take the number two overall pick, or if they just draft the best available non-quarterback and given the Texans roster, they could use almost every position. That could be a, a, a gigantic road forward for the Texans get your young quarterback via a trade who's already in the NFL and Trey Lance and use your bounty of picks on other positions and that could really spring your franchise forward so for me Evan if I were to make a bet that the 49ers are trading Trey Lance I would say it's to the Houston Texans and I would say if the Houston Texans don't use the number two pick on a quarterback, that would be negligent, Like, especially because I think there's some good ones at the top of this draft. And I also just, 
I don't think anyone knows what Trey Lance is. Now, maybe Nico Ryans has faith in him, and he's got a six-year deal, so he's got a little bit of time to play with. <laughs> and Trey Lance has, you know, a high ceiling, so to speak. Um, I, I I do agree that that mold of team is where Trey Lance would fit best. I'm just not sure there are enough GMs out there in those situations that are picking that high in the draft that would be willing to take a chance that early on Trey Lance. And, and, and who knows? I mean, maybe the Texans draft a quarterback and also try and make a trade for Trey Lance, and then they put their eggs into multiple baskets. I'm not sure. That's it, It's just, to me, it's another reason why I don't see him leaving is because everyone at the top of the draft, if we're just going down Carolina, they're probably going to take a quarterback number one. Houston, again, I would think that they would take a quarterback at number two. Arizona doesn't need a quarterback, even though they don't currently have one because he's got an ACL tear. The Annapolis Colts potentially could need a quarterback, but I, I mean, they're also closer to being in win-now mode than a team like the Texans. Seattle doesn't need a quarterback. The Lions don't need a quarterback. The Raiders just got the 49ers quarterback. The Falcons, I like... I just don't see in those top kind of 10 areas where teams that are in the process or close to rebuilding in need of a guy like Trey Lance. And so if they're the ones making calls to the 49ers, 49ers are picking up and say, Hey, you know, we're, we're probably looking at a, you know, a third and a fourth that we'd like for Trey Lance. And we spent multiple first rounders on this guy. If I'm one of those teams, I'm saying, Hey, I'm sorry, I can't do that. The only reason to me why the Vikings would make sense is because Kirk Cousins' contract becomes avoidable at the end of this next year. I'm not saying it would be a swap, but the Vikings might be able to work something out to where they could pay a little of a heftier price for a quarterback in waiting. But then you're also looking at Trey Lance saying, well, he's got to wait another year anyway, and then he's really going to be on his last year of his rookie deal. So that's kind of head-scratching. And then the 49ers might just say, well, why not just keep him in the first place? Like, there's There's too many... What if surrounding Trey in both his value and, of course, the player himself for me to see him leaving? At least that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, one other thought here before we, we move on. Um, when it comes to a potential trade with, for example, the Texans like we're talking about, one thing that I think makes that uh, tough for the 49ers is because the Texans are drafting so high in the draft, the assumption, at least in my opinion, would be if they were to acquire Trey Lance, they would be moving off the number two overall pick because you could get great value from a team that desperately needs a quarterback and can hop up second overall. Uh, they're not going to pick, you know, a defensive tackle, you know, a, an edge rusher two overall when you could get great value even for moving back just a couple of spots in the draft. So let's assume a couple of things. The Niners trade Trey Lance and it's to a, a team in the top five of the draft, that team is likely going to have to make the decision and actually acquire Trey Lance Thursday, the day of round one of the NFL draft, because they need to figure out what they're doing with their pick in the top five. And it just seems more likely, Evan, that if the 49ers were to trade Trey Lance, it probably happens day two of the NFL draft. When of course, all of the top picks have already happened. It seems to be, a move that not the, the Niners call, you know, I'm just throwing out a name, the Cleveland Browns in the second round or whatever it is. And they say, Hey, we would really love this pick. 
are you interested in Trey Lance? That was a bad example. Cleveland Browns have their quarterback set up for a while, yeah. but but that that's I think generally how how this probably works more. There's just an extra hurdle to jump if you're trading to a team that is picking that early, even if you're not getting that number five overall pick, which of course the Niners wouldn't in a Trey Lance trade. It's just an extra hurdle to jump over because it has to happen likely before that team's that team's pick in the top five. All good points. We'll see. Got about a week until the NFL drafts and a week potentially until Trey Lance is no longer a San Francisco 49er. This is the 415ers podcast. As always brought to you on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network, 95.7 The Game. Please download, rate, subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. That is Mark Grandy. I am Evan Giddings. Please give, please give us a follow on social at 415ers. Mark, okay, so the, the second place we want to go today is to the NFL draft. And I want to sort of start leading up to next week's draft. And the 49ers won't be picking on the first day in all likelihood. But I want to kind of go through what we've talked about on this podcast, which is the areas of need, starting first, I think, with the most glaring positions. And that at the top of the list, at least the top of our list, is the offensive line. And there's a few names that have been floating around and, and obviously third, fourth, fifth, seven, sixth, and seventh. It, it all depends on who's on the board, but there have been a few names that have been tossed around 49ers draft circles that I think are interesting. So I do want to start today with the offensive linemen and particularly the tackles, because that is where they are. And they have the least amount of depth with, you know, Daniel Brunskill now in Tennessee, Mike McGlinchey now in Denver, Colton McKivitt slated to be likely the offensive right tackle this year. What are some names that, that you've seen that, that kind of attract you uh, when it comes to offensive linemen the 49ers could be targeting? This is a little difficult because, I mean, of course, when you want to you know start diving into draft prospects, everywhere you go, everywhere you look, it's, all right, this guy, I've got him as a first-round grade. He's going early. He's, he's a top 50 draft pick. Uh, and the reality is that's just simply not going to work for the 49ers because – I mean, their first pick is, what, 98 or 99 or whatever it is, and they have, like, a string of three three picks in, in a four-pick span right around that 100 number. Um, so you need to get, obviously, into the third round. Um, you mentioned tackles. I agree with you, obviously, right tackle is the most important spot. Before I get to some names, um, I think what the 49ers should be going for, Evan, is versatility because you're not going to be able to get, say – you know, the second best tackle prospect in the draft. You're just simply not going to be able to do that. Um, so how do you maybe try to make up for, uh, I don't know, maybe a little bit of less talent, you know, physical ability? I think it's by drafting guys who have played multiple positions, who have shown that they have the the mental capacity to do that, because that's part of offensive line play, specifically in the 49ers system, given all of their different formations, all of the motions, their zone run scheme. I know we broke a handful of run plays down from the most recent season here on, on the podcast. Um, it it takes some brain power to run this 49ers offensive system, specifically the run game. So I think you need guys who, you know, have good mentals, who are strong in that regard. And I think a, a telltale sign of that is guys that have played multiple positions. Um, so that's kind of been my my focus as I go through and, and look for some guys. And then I, you know, I, I try to find some guys that are mocks and expected to be picked later because, again, the Niners won't have a pick early. Um, and you come up with a couple of names. The first guy I'll throw out to you 
is uh, Nick Saldaveri uh, from Old Dominion, who is probably going to be a, a later round draft pick. He played a lot of positions and, you know, a, a lot of the drawbacks are, well, is he physical enough? Uh, you know, does he have enough success? Can he, can he, you know, really hold up against NFL rushers? But he can play multiple positions. I think that's where the 49ers go in this draft. One, because, yes, they do need to fill that right tackle spot, at least in the future. But the Niners have always been a team where they, they try to mix and match as much as anyone else on the offensive line. So I think versatility really matters. And that's how I've kind of focused my uh, my draft prep in that regard, because I think that's how the 49ers think. Yeah, no, I think that's a good call. And another thing I also want to mention, which you kind of alluded to, is the fact that any guy that the 49ers take in the latter half of the draft is most likely going to have a flaw or yes. something wrong with them. <laughs> Multiple that, flaws. Probably. That's the reason why they're they're falling as far as they do. And who knows if they'll opt to take, you know, an offensive lineman with their one of their third round picks. I, I still feel like, you know, a cornerback or an edge rusher might be at least based on the value and the position in the draft, more of an option for the 49ers because in all honesty, from what I've been reading, Mark, the offensive tackles in this draft are not nearly as deep as a lot of other position groups. Uh, but as far as some of the names that I've been looking at, and you talked about versatility, I think a guy like Tyler Steen from Alabama who played 13 games at left tackle this past season would probably need some seasoning and wouldn't be able to plug in as like a day one uh, starter, maybe even a backup, might need a season to, to kind of get a grasp of like you're talking about that zone run scheme. But early in his career, after transferring, um, you know, he played defensive tackle. So this guy has played both ways. He has versatility, of course, not in the offensive line, but also defensive line. And so I think in, in an understanding of what both sides of the football are trying to do could be something that the 49ers could be able to take advantage of. Um you know, I, I mean, another name that I've seen on a lot of mocks has been Blake Freeland. Uh, he's this monstrosity of a man. He's six <laughs> foot eight, you know, 300 plus pounds from BYU and has been working out with Joe Staley, of all people, for the San Francisco, former San Francisco 49 I should say. Um, you know, he runs just under a, a, four, a five 40 yard dash, which is pretty damn good for a guy of that size. So those would be kind of the, the first two names that I would I would throw out and that I've seen connected to the 49ers that they apparently have interest in. But again, maybe another team finds value in these guys and they decide to scoop them up earlier, or perhaps they're able to fall and the 49ers can grab some value in the later rounds. Yes, that's the hard thing about your number one need being offensive tackle, uh, because that's the number one need for a lot of teams. So there's <laughs> there's a, a lot of competition for many of these guys. Uh, I throw out a, another couple of names. Uh, Walter McClendon at Georgia. Uh, he's also a guy that's been able to play multiple positions throughout his career. Obviously, he's had a ton of team success winning back-to-back -back national championships with Georgia. Uh, you mentioned a tackle from BYU, another from the state of Utah, Braden Daniels out of the University of Utah. Uh, played 49 games in his career, and he was a first-team All-Pac-12 player uh, this most recent season. He's definitely going to be drafted. He's not a potential, you know, undrafted seventh round pick guy. He will be drafted if the 49ers uh, try to go after him. They might need to do it with one of their earlier picks. And then one other that I, I could throw out as a potential really late pick or maybe even undrafted is Jackson Kirkland 
who played mostly guard at the University of Washington over his career, but has played elsewhere and reports are that he might be able to uh, play tackle specifically on the right side of the offensive line. Um, So those are some other names, but again, I think you do have to try to kind of follow a mold. What kind of offensive lineman do the 49ers like? And then you, you dig through it that way because otherwise it could get a little difficult and monotonous trying to sort through all of these guys. Sure. They're talented. This guy's better than that guy. Yada, yada, yada. But, does Kyle Shanahan think that he can handle and run this 49ers offensive system? I think that's how you kind of weed out a lot of these guys. Well, I think the one thing that they have to do is run block. I mean, whether you're a a serviceable pass blocker is fine. I mean, Mike McGlinchey was a fine pass blocker. I think better than people give him credit for, but he was dominant in the run game. And that's where everyone needs to be good for the 49ers because that's what they want to do. So a couple of other names, I don't know if they're attainable, um, but a guy like Matthew Bergeron from Syracuse has been, at least according to scouting reports, a great run blocker, inconsistent in terms of the pass. He was, at least from what I was reading, kind of receiving second round grades. So there might be a position where the 49ers would be able to trade up to try and go get him. Another one, uh, Wanya Morris out of Oklahoma might be taken before 99 where the 49ers have their first pick, but People always like long arms and offensive linemen and big hands. And this guy's got as good measurables as Trent Williams. So, you know, there's a reason that he'll be potentially in that range um, because let's let's face it. Nobody has as quick feet as Trent Williams at that size. But uh, those are a couple of names that the 49ers might be able to go get if they'd like to move up. Um, So I I don't know, Mark, like I, I I'll say this, I'm really looking forward to seeing, what they're able to do in the draft. And usually like, I don't pay much attention to kind of anywhere beyond the second round, because oftentimes you haven't heard of a lot of these guys, but because the 49ers have such few holes to fill in that each and every person that they select will have a purpose. And I think will draw a lot of interest compared to a bunch of the other, you know, third through sevens that we're seeing around the NFL. The other thing is um, the 49ers have, consistently found great talent in the third round and beyond. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the best players on their roster right now, obviously Nick Bosa, not he was, uh, you know, first round top 10 pick, but Fred Warner, George Kittle, uh, even way further down in the draft, Talanoa Hufunga just a couple of years ago, he was fantastic. Uh, there's a, a lot of history of the 49ers being able to, to identify some of these guys. Uh, the other thing I'll add on kind of jokingly, uh, if if they want to move up, you know, one way to do it, Evan, is to trade Trey Lance. <laughs> so, I mean, you can not get be getting a seventh. Or two. <laughs> oh, yeah, not getting a seventh. But no, hey, I, I think there's probably a team out there that, that would give the Niners a second round pick. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> that, 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 we'll agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> <laughs> They're not getting this, a second for Trey Lance. Would you give up a second for Trey Lance? I, I might take a shot in the dark. Yeah. See if it works out. You, you, it, it could be the best trade in your team's history. Could be, could be the worst one in San Francisco eh. Fort Niners history. Oh yeah, that that could be true. <laughs> we'll right. see. Four One Fivers podcast, as always, on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with ninety five seven. The game that is Mark Grandy. I am Evan Giddings. Please follow Mark on social at Mark Grandy. Mark of the C Grandy with an I. Uh, I am on social at E Giddings ten. Mark, let's move on to a different sort of 
theme that we'll have running throughout this offseason. We'll kind of sporadically drop these in. But I, I was just sort of thinking about with the draft and some of the, I would say, future positions that the 49ers will have to take a look at. There's, to me, a few different spots in which they'll have decisions to make in the near future. And it just kind of got my brain working because they signed Chris Conley, former Jacksonville Jaguar, to a one-year deal as a wide receiver. So he'll have a chance to compete potentially for a third or you know, maybe fourth spot. Jawan Jennings, Danny Gray, to me, are kind of the front runners in that position. You can never, never have too much depth at the wide receiver spot. But are the 49ers con- uh, content at the wide receiver position. And we've talked a lot about what Brandon Ayuk's cryptic messages meant this offseason. Of course, the way that Debo Samuel approached his extension last offseason. Do you feel like they are content right now as well as in the future when it comes to their wideouts? I think this move, signing Chris Conley, shows that they're not 100% content at the wide receiver position. Uh, I don't think they would go out and sign this guy if they felt they were. Uh, now, Chris Conley has mostly been a career journeyman. I know he, like, the height of his career was the combine when he just took over the combine. Absolutely, like, obliterated records. You know, his shuttle cone time was incredible, whatever that means. Um, <laughs> and he hasn't really been able to stick in the NFL much. Now, he has played in a handful of games, but he's never really been a featured wide receiver. Um, so this doesn't mean that, you know, he's going to suddenly, you know, take snaps away from Brandon Ayuk and he very well might not even make the team. The Niners might cut him who knows, but I think what this move tells us, Evan, is that the Niners are in the market for a wide receiver. And now they're currently in the process of seeing if Chris Conley fills that need. If they decide he doesn't, then guess what? They're probably going to go out and try to get another wide receiver. They'll probably draft a wide receiver this coming you know next week in the, in the nfl draft whether or not they cut conley or not so to answer your question i would say no i don't think the four downers are content at the wide receiver position maybe it says something about danny gray a draft pick from last year uh maybe they want to get better at the the number three wide receiver spot with Juwan jennings i'm not so sure but i think this signing says they're not totally content i don't know why they would make the signing in the first place if they were I think wide receivers among most positions are also a spot that in recent years you can honestly never be content with because of the rising value of wide receivers. We haven't yet seen that as much from running backs, and there's been a lot of research put together about how you know beyond the age 27 or 28 season, running backs have a precipitous fall off, and so it's very difficult to invest in them beyond their first contract, big dollar figures-wise, but wide receivers – you know, whether it be the, the Julio Joneses or before he went off the deep end, you know, the Antonio Browns of the world that were quality contributing wide receivers well into their 30s have sort of, I think, allowed for teams to invest heavily, especially in the you know prime of guys' careers. We're seeing Tyreek Hill get major dollars. We're seeing, well, we will see Justin Jefferson get the bag, I believe, this next upcoming offseason when he's eligible for an extension. We're seeing... Uh, you know, Debo Samuel get paid a whole heck of a lot of money. The Chargers have two wide receivers that are making 20 plus million dollars per year, but that does not continue for all of that long. It's one of the reasons why the Chargers have been rumored to maybe try to trade a guy like Keenan Allen because he's in his thirties and he's making a lot of money. It's a reason why the Kansas city chiefs didn't want to pay Tyreek Hill and instead chose to trade him for 
good draft capital to the Miami Dolphins who they gave him major money. To me, the 49ers are coming to a, a fork in the road with their wide receivers because we know how they like to build. It's it's different to me, Mark, if there's a franchise and you know, kind of a, a front office focus on wide receivers. But the 49ers have not, outside of Ayuk, really invested top-tier draft capital in those positions. Now, they've been able to pay them, and they've been able to keep them, but eventually I do not think Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are going to want to pay wide receivers. They, I mean, I don't think they wanted to pay Debo Samuel what they paid him last offseason, 20-plus million, putting him in the top 10 in terms of wide receivers, and then seeing the type of year that he had. To me, the the result of Debo Samuel last year, whether it be because of injuries or the emergence of Christian McCaffrey or the integration of, of Christian McCaffrey, along with the emergence of Brandon Ayuk, I think has sort of also flipped how they view their wide receivers. And to me, Chris Conley, I don't know if he'll make the team, but it's a sign that they are going to continue to look at different guys in the near future and especially next offseason as potential replacements for the guys that they have because they want to build from the inside out, not the outside in. I, I think you might be onto something there. The other thing to consider, Chris Conley, 6'2", really fast, generally an outside guy. I know this isn't a perfect comp. I mean, Brandon Ayuk's only six foot, but he's the Niners' best deep threat. Mm-hmm. He's the Niners' you know, fastest wide receiver. And I know Debo's quick, but you don't really think of Debo as that downfield threat. I'm not saying that the Niners are preparing to move off of Brandon Ayuk. I'm not at all. But it's interesting, the wide receiver that they did sign is most like Brandon Ayuk of, of the guys currently on their roster. Um, that's one other thing to keep an eye on. I do not expect this to happen at all. But there's been the scuttlebutt around the league that the New York Giants love them some Brandon Ayuk. They pick late in the first round. Ayuk's probably worth a late first round draft pick. I'm, again, I do not expect it to happen, but I, I do think that that perhaps means something. The fact that Chris Conley kind of fits a Brandon Ayuk mold. Again, it's not a perfect fit. I'm probably reaching a little bit here, uh, but he's most like Brandon Ayuk. He's more like Ayuk than he's like Debo Samuel or Jawan Jennings. Um, so I don't know what that means exactly. I still think this decision is a year away from now. But the 49ers are certainly aware of it. And maybe you're right. Maybe this is them signaling they're just beginning to try to find an answer to a problem that might present itself a year from now. Okay, Mark. So more likely to be traded on draft night. Trey Lance or Brandon Ayuk? Oh, not close. Trey Lance. Brandon Ayuk. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> no question. No question. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It would be Trey Lance. And, well, we're going to find out. I. Oh, damn it. I really hope it doesn't happen. I but, hope so, too. I hope I'm wrong. No, and, and we'll continue these series. Look, next Tuesday, next episode, you hear from us on the 415ers. Uh, we're going to dig into more draft prospects, more positions that the 49ers will need to address come next week. Of course, the NFL draft on Thursday, and also a bit of these segments going around the different positions that are in the near future likely to be looked at potentially replaceable for the 49ers. So stay on the lookout for that. But that's going to do it for this episode of the 415ers podcast. We appreciate you tuning in as always on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. Please download, rate, subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. That is Mark Granny. I'm Evan Giddings. I'll talk to you next Tuesday. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. See you.